Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. I'm gonna die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. You're a slacker. You stupid idiot! Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Oh, idiot! Game over, man! Hey, hey, careful Whoa. with that, Ronnie Millsap. We're downrange. What's the matter with you? I feel like a Kentucky Fried Idiot. Oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. They're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Gentlemen, Ciccolini here may talk like an idiot and look like an idiot, but don't let that fool you. He really is an idiot. I was going to spend the night assembling the boys you, but this is holding my interest. I got man. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. This is episode 14, and we're going to be doing a spoilerific review of Star Wars Chapter 9, The Rise of Skywalker. So if you haven't seen the movie, um, don't get mad at you when we ruin it for you. No bad emails, no cussing us. Well, you can cuss us out all you want, but just basically, if you haven't seen it, you probably don't want to listen to the rest of this. My name is Todd, and with me as always from an undisclosed location outside Chicago, live via the power of this fully functional battle station, the Michael Hayes to my Terry Gordy, taking us down to Bad Street, USA, oh, I give you the man they call Tim. Hello, hello. How are you, my friend? I am doing all right, sir. And, uh, well, since we uh, are operating under Freebird rules tonight, yes. uh, you, can, you can hear our guest for this episode. We have a guest. We, we've, we've hit this point. You know, 14 episodes in, and finally, we have a guest. Yeah. <laughs> finally, someone's willing to just completely derail their reputation by talking with us. Uh, you can hear our guest for this episode on his own weekly stuck-up, half-witted Star Wars podcast, which I am not making that up. That is actually from the show description, just to be sure. I'm not throwing shade. It's called Scruffy Looking Podcasters. Please welcome James. Hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> I mean, when you say, like, lower my reputation, what if I have no re- reputation to begin with? Uh, we're, we're mostly talking, we're talking about our reputation, sir. And <laughs> that's, the better, that's the better way to put it. And at this point, we're just tunneling with our reputations in the podcast world, really. It's, we're underground at this point. Nice, nice. Hey, that's how all the hipster stuff starts, man. Then you're popular, then you're viral, then you don't want to do it anymore because it's not original. You start it again. Then you have a virus. Yeah, then you, <laughs> then you have, have virus. to go through treatment. <laughs> That's right. There's <laughs> all this. There's, it's a whole cycle. It's a thing. Right. Uh, well, welcome, sir. Hey, how's it going, man? It is good. It is good. All right. So That'd just be. a quick little notation. You can follow uh, us. at. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, Instagram, which I'm... We're actually we're posting a few things on Instagram. I thought it was completely useless, but it's not. You can follow us at all those accounts at Free Range Idiocy. And uh, James, what's the handle for Scruffy Looking Podcasters? Is it Scruffy Podcasters? Yeah, you can follow us uh, at Scruffy Podcasters on uh, Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook slash Scruffy Podcast. And myself, James Jimmy Dice at Hebert two zero seven on Twitter. Nice. All right, well, now we come to what is, of course, the most important question so far in the evening. Uh, gentlemen, what you drinking? To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. All right, I will start with, uh, I 
having been away from home for two weeks, uh, we have a backlog of holiday Sam Adams, so I'm kind of burning through that. Uh, so, <laughs> so we have a holiday porter going uh, to, uh, you know, kind of at the post of, uh, of the New Year and, and Christmas hangover. So I thought about sending you a case of Goose Island. Uh, just yeah. to mess with you, sending it anonymously. Well, so, you know, the way to mess with me is send it and then send, send, have someone plant it in the fridge. So I would oh. again think the fridge is producing these things. But see, you're um, so brilliant. You're so brilliant. Yeah, J- James, I, I had a moment where I had some summer Goose Island and it Ooh. just continued to, uh, it was buried under stuff and I just kept finding more and more. And it just <laughs> We were deep into away. the winter. <laughs> so, nice. uh, yes. So now I'm, I'm into the Sam Adams and uh, hopefully something else beyond. So Nice. Which will be drinking winter brew until spring, apparently. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then we'll yeah. move on to the spring stuff. You need to, you need to pick up your pace. Sir. How don't about you, su- sir? Don't summer brews, Jay, they never last long enough, you know? Like no. shipyard summer comes out May first and it's done by August first. It's awful. Yep. Yep. That is a travesty. Although you know what the worst travesty is, and I I don't have this problem anymore because I can't drink it. But Harpoon Winter Warmer. Either of you familiar with that one? Ooh, no. Tell me no. more. It is a delightful seasonal beer, and it comes out. It would usually come out right right around or right after Thanksgiving, and then it would be gone by Christmas. Oh wow. It Damn. was so short-lived, and I used to buy it anywhere that I saw it. If I could buy it warm, if it hadn't been in the freezer, I would buy it, and I would store it in my closet. So I'd be <laughs> drinking this stuff. And it was one year I managed to make it till May drinking this stuff. And it is, it's a beer with like uh, cinnamon and nutmeg flavoring and all. It's, oh, it wow. tastes like you're eating a Christmas cookie. It's glorious. Nice. But it's only out for like a month. Yeah, it's that is, ridiculous. Then you have to stockpile up, and it goes bad in six months. But uh, the beer—I'm actually not drinking a beer right now. We just actually recorded our podcast, ended about an hour ago. But I was drinking. I had three uh, delicious uh, Kushnock Brewing Company. Uh, it's Kresh, Kresh. It's their Kolsch. And oh, uh, nice. yeah, four point eight APV. And uh, right now, at this very moment, I'm enjoying the cool, calm, refreshingly natural, one hundred percent natural seltzer from Polar Flavor Black there, Cherry. There we go. There we go. That is that is a close second in my book. Uh, I am having a a, a Glutenberg Stout, mm. which is quite it's delightful. Pretty much very a nice. seltzer. It well, no, <laughs> come on, right? No, I don't think, isn't it? Oh my Damn. gosh! You know, I clearly don't give you enough grief about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, when he mentioned Kolsch, I was like, "Hey, that's what Tim was drinking for like six months." But uh, uh yeah. yeah, I don't know what what is the uh what is the APV on this? I have no idea, and I haven't got my new glasses because I'm just that stinking old. Uh, what is this? I don't know, and I don't have. Oh wait, five percent. Hey, I got you beat by two tenths of a percent. Come Ooh, on now. I know, right? I'm, I'm at five point eight, so I got you all beat. Nice, <sighs> nice, good, good. Oh man. All right. So, anyways, start. yeah, it's 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 always a good start when you have the the three man weave here going, and they're all giving each other uh, a ration of crap. That's a good way to start a podcast, mm-hmm. I think. It is. It is. Three wheels and again, a four wheeled car. <laughs> how we roll man that's right well or limp depending on how you look at it <laughs> all right so uh we are here to talk about star wars rise of skywalker and of course i mean i know james has opinions about this because well it's kind of your job ish mm. i mean i don't know if you make a living off the podcast 
Uh, we sure as hell don't. Uh, but maybe someone else does. <laughs> Do not. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of go around the horn here. And first, overall impressions. So James, you're our guest. How about you go first? What's a brief overall impression of the flick? Sure, sure. Um, I I really I felt like it brought everything to a conclusion, more or less. I felt a little rushed. I felt the four, first forty minutes or so was very rushed, with a lot of plot mm-hmm. devices thrown at you. And then the last half of the movie or so, um, kind of like, all right, now here we go with all these, all this, all this shit we just threw at you throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. And uh, I loved it though. I like everything about it. Give me more Star Wars. Like, give me more content. Like, I just want, <laughs> I want starships and fighters and laser swords, as Luke Skywalker puts it in <laughs> Last Jedi. <laughs> You're like you're ready to mainline this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's cr- you're trying to find a vein right now. Like, hang on, hang on. I know, right? Like, I just I love it, man. Every everything and everything about it is just wonderful. Because you know, I, like most of us, uh, we've you know grew up with this when we were super little and mm-hmm. read all the friggin' books, which is now just a big pile of garbage in my corner now because it's all legends, as they say. Well, I don't. I don't know. It seems like they're they're kind of changing their tune on that. It seems like there's some, a lot of that was what decanonized as a term, and now yeah, I think some yeah. of it's they're like, oh wait, that was a really poor decision. Maybe we had to recanonize some of that decanonized stuff. Well, yeah. it's just that, that and not to divert too much off of my quick initial impression, but Kathleen Kennedy came out and said we don't have any, there's no novels or or 800 page novels or comics that we can draw from. It's like, yeah, you have it. You just Seriously? retconned all of it. Yeah. And they have, and the, what they're doing is, and the intelligent ones are doing it, is that they're pulling from them, you know, like yeah, certain yeah. characters, certain plot points. But, anyways, overall impression, loved it, loved the movie. I'm so sad it's ending, but really, is it ending? It's just beginning. Oh, wait, you ought to do sales for Lucasfilm because <laughs> I'm ready to buy tickets to episode ten right now, just off of that. Yeah, right. Dang. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so, uh, Tim, what do you what do you got? What was your overall? kind of brief thoughts on this one um i you know i i agree a lot with what james was saying i i feel um i almost feel like the initial uh when, when they re- went and grabbed the uh, plans from the spy in the very beginning of the movie like the way they kind of jacked around the falcon and and was you know what, what were they calling it light speed skipping or something oh, yeah, like light that? skipping or yeah light Hyper, skipping yeah. that that was kind of a good metaphor for the movie in a way um mm. there, there was there was a so you know there was severe acceleration happening through most of it but i actually liked it because and i don't know if i'd like to get your guys's thoughts on this i i don't know if you viewed the movies this way um i mean it kind of happened a bit with force awakens and and not so much with last jedi but um i really welcome the idea of not necessarily trying to pattern you know or draw a parallel with the original trilogy you know i think that happened a lot with seven and Mm. and how it kind of mirrored a little bit of four but Mm. i i really like that nine was just its own thing you know i mean it just it had its own pacing it had clearly its own story and it was just off in its in its own direction and i think you know of anything that's really what um what i enjoy i mean we've talked about todd and i have talked about this before with just in general with the way fans are with with these films and 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 this this constant tug of war between wanting to see something new and it not kind of you know hitting the right uh you know targets for them and and complaining about it um i think this was 
another kind of creative entry into it. And and I, as you said, I really liked how it it really truly drew from the the prior, you know, the original trilogy and then the prequel trilogy. It really kind of tied everything up and did so, and I think in a very poetic way. Yeah. Um, mm. So so I think you know, pacing wise, I really liked it. Um, I. I'm I'm down with the story. I'm down with the fact that they brought Palpatine back. I think that was fantastic. Um, and I think, uh, and I, I can get into that a little bit more later because I know we're trying to do quick impressions here. But um, you know, they they started some things in seven with the characters, and and they had to tie those things up. And I think they did it in in a very you know a, a very good way that serviced the story well. So that was my long winded cool. quick impression. Nice man. You know, yeah. I I would. Mine was. I, I feel like I'm a little bit split on this because uh, I I did enjoy the movie. I I really enjoyed the fact that I got to share this with uh, with my kid watching it and, and made me feel like a kid. And, and it did all those things that I was hoping it was going to do. It wrapped up all of the saga and I felt very satisfied at the end of the movie. I do feel there was a there. There's a bunch of nits to pick. I do mm. feel that. And on uh, I actually watched it twice. And after watching it the second time, there was a lot of stuff where I was like, ooh, okay, I can see some of the cracks now. However, as much as I wanted to like to dislike some of the stuff, I found myself just I couldn't. I couldn't I couldn't dislike some of the stuff that I was prepared to dislike on the second viewing. I'm like, nope, nope. I'm I'm just a sucker. I am a sucker and I'm in the bag for it. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I was braced for it and it didn't happen. So overall, I I, I, I did enjoy it. I, I liked it a lot. And uh, I I would recommend it to, to anybody. So there there's my thoughts on it. Can I pose a question given uh, <clears throat> something oh James said? Yes, okay. of course. Um, I didn't I didn't I didn't know we were working under like parliamentary rules. Well, I, I wanted to see if question the senator from point the of goods, order. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know if the senator was going to yield the floor or not. Um, well, <laughs> James is used to this because on his podcast he's got two Brits on there. So I mean oh he's he's used to the yeah, dude. We're, we are. We're fracked the whole time. <laughs> there we go. There we go. No, but I, I wanted to get your opinion on um, when you were talking about how, um, you know, the, the source material that, that they could have drawn from. I was thinking about, and I don't know if it would have made it any better or worse, but <clears throat> were you at all disappointed that there wasn't any sort of weaving in of, um, did you ever read the Timothy Zahn novels that kind of followed Return of the oh, Jedi? Oh, there's a loaded question. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, so, so yes. you know what I'm talking about, like yes. Grand Admiral Thrawn and that, and that whole deal. I was I was kind of hoping they were going to weave him into this at some point. Um, I understand bringing Palpatine in, and I think because I think the time to have pulled the trigger on that would have been Last Jedi, you know, to at least introduce him and get mm -hmm. a story rolling with him. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would have been it, it wouldn't have worked bringing him in now at nine because I I think there's just too much you had to kind of fill in to make it mean something you know but did you were, were you kind of at all hoping for that in this at all in, in this trilogy to see that or uh i mean and so i gotta admit i have to disclose uh grand admiral thrawn is my favorite post movie character or i'll oh, say yeah. novel novelized villain who i don't think is a villain in my opinion i yeah. think he's just very mm. uh um lawful neutral chaotic neutral so to speak mm -hmm. maybe not chaotic, yeah. but anyways I don't think that as much as I want to see him in live action, and I think we will eventually mm -hmm. um, get him in live action. Uh, Star Wars is about the Skywalker saga and like yeah. the, the it's pal and also in 
which brings to the conclusion in uh, Rise of Skywalker, Palpatine's saga as well, the light versus dark. Like, it's not just Skywalker. It's the whole concept of the chosen one to bring balance kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So you always have to have this 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 protagonist of the whole thing which is the skywalker bloodline so to speak carrying all the way through and then the antagonist of that is the sith sort of entity which is encapsulated in palpatine okay um so i and and i and i think the thing is i think we you could have like roped thrawn into it in some way but you would have had to have brought it to a resolution or at least some sort of defeated thing and I would yeah. just have a hard time seeing him on screen with our favorite characters and not wipe them all out. Right. right. You know, you know well, what I mean? Like, well, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think you have to get rid of Snoke completely to make it work, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think Snoke, mm. Snoke is just there and, and you have to put Thrawn in his place across the three movies. If you're going to try to pull that off. Um, right. Cause, cause I could see using like what they did with like Luke. And I think her name was like, Mara Jade or something like doing something with yeah. Ray and Kylo that way. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that. Like like you said, I feel like they took beats from it a little bit. I mean, I think that whole fleet in nine really kind of reminded me of what that whole dreadnought sort of, uh, you know, that sort of hidden. Oh, the Katana fleet. fleet? The Katana fleet would have looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like they took yeah. beats from it, but I, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't a realization of it. I guess in the way that I I was kind of hoping they would bring it in, but. But I think you're right. I think uh, they committed to to really kind of wrapping up the Skywalker, Palpatine, light versus dark sort of story that has been going on across you know these three trilogies, and and I think they did a pretty a pretty serviceable job you know r- wrapping it up. I think so. But as you say, we have some. Uh, we'll we'll pick some nits about it later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, that was just that was a beautiful bit of geekery because <laughs> honestly. I'm just over here. I'm just. I, I feel like I need a cigarette. See, th- this um, is not my end. Another thing, but but Todd, you've got to read the Timothy Zahn novels because those. Well, three... the funny thing is, I think I read one of them. Okay. I, and I think I discussed this with James at one point, <laughs> in in passing or something. But I think I because Admiral Thrawn does ring a bell for me, and I do know that I read one of the post, you know, like tri- yeah. original trilogy books. And I'm pretty sure it was Timothy Zahn was one of them. And mm-hmm. I think it might have been the first book in that series or something. Yeah. And I clearly remember, I think I, I think I, che- I think I checked it out of the UNH library. Like that's <laughs> if to go nice. way Oh, back. studious, studious yeah. man. <laughs> I was probably supposed to be reading something else that would have helped me get a better job at Father, this point. I went to the library and took out a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, is that one about laser swords good show son good show <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no you know but the thing is it did not to just and to throw this out there my dad probably would have actually supported that because he took me to all the star trek movies growing up oh, so nice. he's he, he was like kind of like my intro to like geekdom nice. which i just I, I is part of the reason why it was it's been so awesome like sharing these with my kid is yeah, yeah you know just watching her just get into it and like want to be like she wanted there was one year she wanted to be Luke Skywalker for Halloween nice and my wife is like are you sure you don't want to be Princess Leia she's like no I want to be Luke Skywalker <laughs> I'm like that's my girl there right we go. there there we yep. go Yep. She nice. wants she wants a lightsaber good yeah and and that's a really good point I mean that's another aspect of it that that I. I, I really dig is the fact that I got to see a trilogy that I hadn't experienced before with my kids. Um, 
you know, I, I saw the, you know, the original as a kid. Um, I dragged poor Todd to episode one. <laughs> well, was that I've a midnight showing or something? <laughs> yes, it was. It was That's a midnight awesome. showing the oh night before gosh. UNH graduation, and I will never forgive you for yes. taking those hours of my life away oh, from me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, so this actually leads us into, before we delve into that, uh, this leads us into uh, what, what, do you, what did you like best about the movie? What, did you, what do you really feel worked what were the parts of it that just made you, you know, kind of enjoy it that much more? Because I've, I, in spite of my my kind of lukewarm initial review, I, I, I do think there was a lot of things that went right. But I'm sure that you guys have a lot better and a lot more than I do. James, what do you got? Well, it's kind of an odd one to start off with, but I want I want to shout out my buddy Greg Grun, Grunberg, Snap Wexley. He was the uh, the rebel pilot who was chatting with Leia the whole time. Back at the base, okay. I was like, "Yeah, everything's fine. Great, it's gonna be okay." He's the uh, Greg Grun- Grunberg. He was in Heroes. He's a good friend yep. of JJ oh, Abrams, yeah. and he always yeah, like he's has like his, him. He always tries to like good put him in his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought his performance was really funny and really good, despite you know all some other poor performances that I thought was a little a little bit lacking in this one. But um, I loved seeing um, I love seeing Luke Skywalker raise the X wing himself out of mm. the wars on octo oh. that was pretty cool and that little smile as ray looks at him like yeah yeah it's <laughs> my like, times now that's right he's just like he's thinking in his head like yoda's like look at me now i'm making paper yeah yeah go um yeah. go go ahead and light that tree on fire now you little green jerk <laughs> exactly exactly um i like that i loved the whole unknown regions hidden sith fleet thing like that was so cool the whole mm-hmm. they're, they're really delving deep and like starting to again pull some bits from the old expanded universe that's been retconned of about um you know the old sith empire because in uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, uh, the MMO. Uh, it's been, I think, it's still online now. People's probably still playing it, but they delved deep like thousands of years ago, so to speak, back when like Knights of the Old Republic video game came out, or where the time was based on, anyways. Of all, um, you know, hiding out on this ancient Sith planet in the unknown region, sort of quietly festering and amassing all their power and stuff. Uh, so that was really cool. I loved how Ray had sort of. Uh, they had, uh, you know, all the Jedi who have ever existed are within me. And then Palpatine's mm. like, all the Sith who have ever existed are in me. And uh, that was, I love that whole, that that dynamic right there. Yeah, um, yeah. Let's, Adam Driver's performance. He was amazing. Yeah. I, I, I think he, he, I think he's a great actor and everything else that he is in is just awesome. Uh, I didn't I really. Think he, I think he's. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, no, go please. Yeah, I, I, I think he's been phenomenal in this whole thing, and I think I think he's gotten crapped on uh, by, yeah, by various I, people throughout. I'm like, no, yeah. he's he has done great in this. I think. Yep. I mean, he he's had to do so much in terms of like taking the mask off and emoting, and I mean, it's it's tough to emote under a mask <laughs> and to get that across and all that, anyways. But yeah. then, to, then we has the mask off to still kind of carry all of those emotions. I mean, it. I think he's done fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think he's carried a lot of these movies. I mean, him and I mean Daisy Ridley. Not to take anything away from her because I think she's done fantastic. Oh, she's as well. great as well. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm working my way from the bottom up. Um, with, <laughs> also with Adam Driver. I think the third grip was awesome. And the second unit director. <laughs> yeah, right. That fourth. And that catering was there. just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, dude, they had Wicket, you know, Wicket the friggin' Ewok in there. And Wicket um, had a kid. He had a little Wicket. That little Wicket. <laughs> well, dude, Adam Driver, when he became Ben Solo again. Yeah. Notice how his scar was gone. Also, he oh, had yeah. like he was he would jump down into there and he like crash into the thing as he was like jumping down in the pit on Exegol or whatever. Yep. And he just makes a comment. It's like, oh, that hurt or whatever. No, and, he just it said, ow. Oh, yeah. Kim, my yes. wife noticed that. And she's like, I love that. All of a sudden, he's more human. I was like, exactly. And I then when kinda he didn't notice that. Well, the, the best one and the one everybody will recognize is when Ray drops the lightsaber to him when he's fighting the Knights of Ren. Mm. Yeah. Like, and then he just does like he whips it out and they're all like, oh, no, he's got a lightsaber. He does like the shrug. Ah, oh, it's yes. Perfect, yes. Man. Yes. That was that was so great, so great. That was so almost like Bruce Willis esque. Yeah, I know, right? Right? Oh like, god! Yeah, all right, that was awesome. I mean, Poe, one of my, I think my favorite character, uh, just character wise, out of this whole, um, this whole trilogy, like his his growth as a character from just being a hotshot pilot to really kind of owning himself and realizing his mistakes and trying to redeem himself to make him a, more, mm-hmm. a better leader. Uh, I read um, Rising wait, Resistance Reborn, the pre- uh, the predecessor book to this. It takes place immediately after The Last Jedi. And there's a lot of remorse yeah. about Poe being like, man, I got everybody killed. And mm. so he's working his way to just, you know, becoming more of a leader. Uh, and Not bad Dave- for a character who is supposed to die and I I know Force right. Awakens. Ooh, right. It's a good thing they right. kept him around. John Boyega, yeah. he's 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 kind of silly to me. I mean, whatever. He's a funny guy. I Finn's character. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Um, but uh, great great acting. Um, he Daisy, is kind yeah. of. Hmm? I have he's comments kind of on almost him like in the next a, segment. He's <laughs> yeah. almost like a more animated like C three PO. Like you almost get like this whole like. Dude, you you seem like you don't have like any social skills whatsoever, and you have to keep reminding yourself like, oh, he was a stormtrooper, so therefore yeah. oh, you yeah. know, he just, yeah, it, it's kind of it's a it's an odd dynamic, but mm. he pulls that off, I think, fairly well. Yeah. Oh, I think so. No, I think so. I just, I mean, for us, he's just not my favorite character, but Daisy Ridley, mm. I mean, mm. absolutely amazing. But mm. I'll say one that takes the cake, many cakes, all the cakes for me, or. One of many cakes is other cakes to be had as well, but uh, Baba Fruit. Ah, yes. Oh my God. And it's Baba. like when C three PO had his mind wipe, it's like, "Hello, who are you people?" And it's like, "I am Baba Fruit." It's like, "Oh, Baba Fruit, my oldest friend." Yeah. <laughs> oh my great. God. That was a great. That was a great character. Oh yeah, awesome. I'm yeah. So glad to see him. Like one of the one of the chills I got because you know we see the planet Kimiji or whatever. Uh, get blown up by the Death Star Star Destroyer thing. Um, we yeah. see him flying with uh, oh, Camino Kara. I forgot. Oh. Uh, uh, dude, you're supposed to know this, but the, actually, should, can we just call that like the the Star de- uh, the Death Star Destroyer? Can we just call that from Death now on? Star Destroyer. Like the- that's right. I'm glad to see they finally figure out the way to mount the gun on a Star Destroyer. <laughs> After all these movies. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because you think about technology just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's right. like eventually they got to figure out a way to put this on a normal size ship. 
I mean, just a thought. Well, you know. they're they're zero for three with the planetary destroy weapons, right? You know, I mean, they they, they can't yeah. seem to keep them going for more than a couple, you know, months or something. Well, so. they're also they're also zero for with the big ships, if you remember well, from you know enough. the Last Jedi. Fair enough. But uh, okay, so and and what else? What else you got for uh for pluses? Because I know you're not going to add end on uh, Dabble I mean, Frick. This, <laughs> is oh, it, is no, it Frank I mean, or Frick? Freak. Freak. Okay. Far right. I like a hard eye. I know. Um, Zori Bliss. Played by Carrie Russell, Poe's yeah. old mm. acquaintance. No man, I mean, I'll I'll forget. There's a whole bunch of forgetting right now. We can we can keep this train going. I, I mean, I'll just pipe in <laughs> as I go. But I mean, Ian McDermott. He's just gonna read the cast list. It's gonna be the credits. I know, right? Pal- like Palpatine. <laughs> I thought he was really good. I love seeing him again. Yes. I mean, no matter what, yeah. like he's just he's not. I shouldn't say that. There are some pretty bad scenes in the prequel trilogy, but for the most part, Palpatine. Yeah. Is played so well um, by by Ian McDermott. Ah, it's oh, just yeah. amazing. It's so yeah. good. Well, I love that. I love that. I, I so I I read again. This is one of my this is one of my little geek like it, everyone has their little like their thing that's like nose picking that you just don't want to ever tell anybody. And it seems like, but everybody kind of does their own thing. I, I I go to IMDb. I have the app on my phone, and it's on like the front screen because I I love doing this. I'll just go to random movies and I'll read the trivia. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the trivia for uh, Return of the Jedi, and uh, Ian McDermott, uh, they had they had basically told him like your voice performance is probably not going to get used. We're going to use <laughs> the other guy's voice, and he was trying to find something that would be memorable, and he was trying to like win them over, and he came up with that voice of that like that that guttural sort of like thing, and they're like. Oh, that's creepy. You know what? You got the gig. <laughs> we'll dress you up to make <laughs> yeah. you look young, older. It's okay. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that he was like, cool, you right? know what? I'm just going to go all in on this. And and when they did the when they did the trailer, actually, weren't you there at the time when they when they premiered the I trailer was. and he came out? I was. Yeah. So I went. And when he's just like, roll it again. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That gives me chills. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm creeped out. And it's like, oh. Wow, it was man. I was we I was there in Chicago at Star Wars Celebration 2019, and uh, when we watched the premiere live, and he came out on stage, and everybody's just freaking out, and he just goes, "Roll it again!" Oh man, the whole house came down. It's amazing. That's awesome. Such an oh, electric yeah, I vibe. That, I saw that on like a cell phone. F- Footage, and I'm like, I would have just, I would have probably passed out. My Dude, entire childhood every, would have like every lightsaber ignited at that moment. Oh my that god! Whole place glowed with with lightsabers. It was so yeah, cool. that's awesome. Oh man. Uh, so Tim, what about you? What were your what were your high points? What were the things that really worked for you about this flick? Yeah. Um, well, I I'll, I'll I'll start with uh, with 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 seeing Lando Calrissian again and, yeah. and him and the the Colt forty five right behind him, you know, uh, <laughs> smooth, silky, and and just every line just sounding like a come on in some way. You know? Oh like, gosh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, give Leia my love. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's like he hasn't lost a beat since no since Empire, since Return of the Jedi. No, yeah, I have to and, use my walker to whole, get there, but I mean the whole thing where. <laughs> So Leia, so Lando tells Poe, "Is like give Leia my love," and then Poe, and then Poe says right back to him, "Why don't you give it to her yourself?" I'm oh like, no, that was Ray. Oh gosh, <laughs> Ray says Ray you should give it to her yourself, and yeah. he kind of has that look like maybe I will. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, and apparently we now know why no one, you know, came uh, at, at when when they made the call at the end of Last Jedi, and you know Poe says. 
Well, well, no one came when we put the call out, and then apparently Lando goes around and everyone shows up. So, well, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Everybody owes him a favor, apparently. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, I think it was the wrong person was doing the marketing on that one. But yeah, maybe. yeah, pretty much. Oh gosh, but yeah. So you know, seeing seeing the old characters, I was actually really impressed. How I, I was curious how they were going to weave. Um, you know, I, I had read about how they were going to weave uh, prior prior filming they did with uh with carrie fisher into it and and still mm. having her be part of the the film and she was a part of the film a, a lot more than i was expecting her to be you know yeah. I, I didn't really think we were going to see that much of her and they did a really nice job weaving that in and having it feel like it's part of it you know what i mean mm. like it's not like i i know what they're really doing like when they really shot that but it's still kind of um, I think it still kind of worked um, and, and it was it was nice to have her presence and then see how that played into, you know, what you talked about, James, with with Kylo Ren's turn. I thought the whole thing with Harrison Ford was fantastic. Um, yeah, that having was cool. it be a, a total callback to that whole Force Awakens encounter and and have it go, you know, a different direction um, mm-hmm. you know, than when it well, it had to. But 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 to have that be the turning point for him, I thought was, you know, again, they, they were they were kind of hitting these poetic beats with these characters as they were kind of weaving, you know, their stories you know, to a conclusion. So, mm-hmm. so that was great. The stuff with Luke Skywalker was great. I, I don't feel, and I don't know how, how you two feel. I've, I've read some things, uh, you know, online about how Luke's appearance kind of, you know, throws uh, everything that happened in last Jedi in, in the waste bucket, so to speak. I don't really feel like that was the case at all. I think one of the, no. one of the great parts of this story is about, you know, learning, you know, from your failures and, and learning from, you know, when you make mistakes and, you know, for him to, you know, to have that character come in and say, you know, I was wrong. I mean, he, he kind of said that in Last Jedi when he basically projected himself to do what he did. And then, you know, that cost him his life, you know. And yeah. and so I, I, I don't you know, I, I really like that part of it. I didn't really think it, it cheapened or, or took anything away from Last Jedi. I think it flowed you know, right on with, with the story that um, Rian Johnson was telling, and it just flowed, you know, just continued into this one. I think what else? Yeah, Carrie Fisher, Lando, um, and the pacing of it, you know, kind of like what I said mm. uh, when we talked about the impressions and stuff. I think I, I really like that they didn't, you know, I, I don't, I didn't feel like the exposition, uh, sorry, I feel like the exposition was done in the right places. You know what I mean? It, it, it They, they could have become very wordy about, how did Palpatine come back and what was going on with it? You know, instead they just kind of, they stated it, they declared what it was, what he had, what he was offering to Kylo Ren and we were off to the races, you know, and I, I like how they did that. And, and like you said, James, they kind of saved that, that exposition and, and a lot of the, the important detail kind of toward the latter part of the film. So I, th- I thought that was well done. Those are just some high points. Well, you, sir. Um, well, the first thing that really, after watching it twice now, I, and as as somewhat of a, a a super amateur screenwriter, not I don't even feel like right saying that I've managed to complete like two screenplays, neither of which are in any danger of being sold anytime soon. But as someone who who kind of has read a lot of screenplays and and watches a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that I feel is almost as interesting as the movies itself, I believe they did such a great job with what was, I mean, it's a flawed movie to start with because after Last Jedi, apparently Carrie Fisher was like, hey, I, I better be like the center of the third one because it was like the first one's Han's movie, the second one's Luke's movie. I better be getting the third movie because if, if, if it's like the story of Chewie, 
you know, she's going to gut somebody because Carrie yeah. Fisher cut a bitch. You know, I mean, you know, that's how it's going to work. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so this was supposed to be a very like Princess Leia, General Leia Organa centered movie. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. They had to write around scraps of whatever they could get from the cutting room floor from the previous two movies. Yeah. And from that perspective, they did a wonderful job of mm. being able to take what they had. And I'm sure they used every reaction shot, every little bit of dialogue that they thought they could use in this. Because to me, watching it, there was a couple times I felt it was a little shoehorned. Like, they're like, hey, we need to have another Leia scene. So, you know, like the whole the whole thing with, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, the X-Wing pilot. I can't remember his name. Wedge Antilles? Yes. Uh, no, the the JJ's good luck charm. Oh, uh, oh Snap Greg, Wexley, Greg Grunberg. Yeah. When they had him like doing the whole, like, can't you be more optimistic or something like that? I'm like, that's totally like, hey, we need another Leia scene, mm. you know? And it worked. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It worked. I, but I felt like, oh, they were, they were like, hey, we need to have more Leia. Like, we work it in. And it's, and it's, it works. I get it. I understand what they were working with, and they did a fantastic job. So from that perspective, I love the fact that they managed to do that and do it so deftly. I love the idea of of kind of getting the background on, like, hey, Leia actually did train to be a Jedi, so all of a sudden, like, her space flying in, in The Last Jedi makes sense. Like, no, Leia was, like, this close to being a... She was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you get that in this movie. You understand so it makes a little bit of sense, and you see her training Ray. I love that scene with like the de-aged Luke and the de-aged Leia having like the final like lightsaber duel in her training. Mm-hmm. I thought that I was just like, that's freaking fantastic! Like that is that is amazing. I love that. Yeah. I wish we had, you know. And I know that everybody wishes they could have seen that trilogy right after the original trilogy, but you know, it wasn't going to happen. I I did like a lot of the the Kylo arc in this. I I really enjoyed. Uh, Ray's arc throughout the whole thing. I think they really managed to. I think they really managed to like find a way to make Ray believable, being mm-hmm. as powerful as she was. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was the proper weight given to that, and there was the proper weight given to uh, to Kylo Ren and his and his arc in this. Well, ish. I'll 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 have more on that the next time. I think they did they did a fairly good job on that. I love the Harrison Ford the moment i as soon as i heard like the hey kid i was like oh yeah. come on i don't know if i can take this can i jump in with one other ray thing yeah, yeah, yeah. um I, I i like the fact that they went the path they did with her being from from palpatine's line i i i felt like in seven they kind of they established there was something up with her mm. and and it could have gone one of four ways it, it was either going to be she was what they were starting to establish in last Jedi where she was from nothing and she mm-hmm. was what she was, or she was going to be a Skywalker, a Kenobi. Thank you. Or coach Belichick. God, what? not a Kenobi. I said, I said, thank you, coach Belichick. Well, I'm saying that that's where they have either to pay that or, off. Either that or coach Dennis green. She is what we thought she was. Well, there it is. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, no, but, but I, but I liked how they, how they kind of paid that off. And then, and then I liked that concept they brought forward of, of this, of, you know, her and Kylo being what, what they call it, like a dyad of the force. Yeah, I no. Okay, I'll, I'll say that. Oh, first. boy, I, I'm, 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 I'm hitting a nerve. <laughs> Did I strike a nerve? <laughs> I think I hit a nerve. <laughs> Anyways, uh, was there any other positives that you have? Um, can I insert one? Yeah, totally. Uh, I love the throwback Luke, young Luke, young Leia scene. 
Yeah. yeah. I know some people get a little bit iffy about that because of the implications and, you know, casting people when they're obviously not around, like Guy, uh, Guy Henry for uh, Peter Cushing in uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars Rogue One. I thought both times they did a fantastic job, and I, I really want more of it. Absolutely want yeah. more of it. I think with yeah. the technology today, this is this is the trial balloon stuff. Like with the Phantom Menace with Jar Jar Binks, you know, love him or hate him, like he was the pioneer of that live action CGI stuff that helped create Gollum and Lord of the Rings yep. several years later. Mm-hmm. So this is just the beginning of all this new tech technology and stuff. And, you know, maybe they'll be able to make a movie like this where people will be okay with seeing a young Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher again. Maybe. Mm. Well, the thing is, I don't, I don't know about that. I really don't. I think it works for, I think it works better for me in, in that one scene because it was a quick scene and it was almost like a dream sequence Mm. sort of thing. Say anything. Yeah. And you, and you can kind of forgive the whole, like, because there still is that uncanny valley. Like you start getting so close to being human, but not that it really, it's all of a sudden it's like, Ugh, something in my brain is telling me this is not right. Okay, boomer. <sighs> teasing. Teasing. You know what? Oh, well deserved. <laughs> I'm, you're older than I am. Shut your trap. I, I am, but I love that he threw it your way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. He'll come for your ass, too. I know him. I know him. That's all right. It's all right. No Tied one. to a wool killer. Just cold-blooded. No one, no one is safe. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, I totally get it. It is kind of creepy to a real extent, and it'll never be as real as when it was actually when you saw it when they originally recorded it. But Yeah, and I, I, think, I think in Rogue One, that was the test, like seeing the seeing Tarkin over and over and over again. Like once, like even the Leia at the end, it wasn't to me, it didn't stick out until like the second or third viewing where I'm like, eh, it's a little, a little off. Something's off. Mm-hmm. If you're only seeing it for a second, you know, but then mm-hmm. again, maybe that's me. Like I see some of the DH stuff in other movies. Like, gosh, I can't think of any right off the bat. Even like Kurt Russell in, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two or whatever, even though it's not a long scene or just, it, there's yeah. different things where I'm like, it still just doesn't look right, you know. I thought the I worst I... one was Tron when when they tried to like de-age him. Oh yeah, uh, that was weird. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? Russell. Dude. Kurt Russell. Not Russell. Not Kurt Russell. No, no. I'm sorry, dude. The dude. It's the dude. Um, it's the dude. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff yep. Bridges. Thank you. Oh, Ty. Anyways, but but but, but any, that that was that's good. up for debate. I think it's I think it's personal preference too. I think some people are more tolerant to it than others. And for me, I, I don't know. Maybe it's it it could just be me. It could be my you know my. I thought Tarkin was done better, but that's me. Could be my boomer moment. I don't well, know. boomer. <laughs> See, I initially I was like, why is he talking about Battlestar Galactica? That's how deep I am into that. <laughs> I'm like boomer. Wait a minute. What, what what episode did this relate to? Well, oh no! Wait, he's insulting the me. Thing is, the say thing that? is, I only just figured out what "Hey Boomer" means or "Okay Boomer" means like two months ago. So, oh, so that means you're basically the boomer because I had that a while ago. Pretty, pretty much. Pretty Thank much. you. Well, you have a kid that can say these things to you. I don't. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't say that stuff. Oh, who am I kidding? She does. <laughs> Insa- I I have a, I have a I have a I have a kid whose eye rolls I can hear. 
It's like it's like dice in a Yahtzee cup. I'm like, I had my back turned and I heard that one. Oh man. That's remarkable. Where'd you get that attitude? Oh wait. Never mind. All right. So I think we're heading in a dark direction. So let's completely embrace the dark side. And uh what was the worst? What did you not like? What didn't work in this flick for you? And James, let's see what you got. I'll be honest, and I know I like I love seeing Carrie Fisher in it, and they're and the way they did it, I thought was very well done. Um, but it was just a little too obvious that it was just it was an insert. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the characters around her were saying too many things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like leading her on and stuff. And and I hate saying it because uh, I I love Carrie, and I'm so glad they they brought her in. Like her husband and her daughter and everybody were all totally okay with it. But it was just, eh, it was a little forced at times. Like you said, you know, with Greg Grunberg's like, all right, we need another Leia scene. Let's, let's throw it in there. Um, yeah. I didn't, I hated how they didn't have Rose in this movie. Like they yes. had, they, they brought in friggin' Dominic Monaghan, but then they give him more lines than friggin' Rose Tycho, who had such a prominent role in Last Jedi. Now I get it. Like this is, that's Rian's movie and this is JJ's movie, but. And I don't know if there's like a beef between them where Ryan Ryan Johnson just like basically took off and did his own thing away from JJ's when he did uh, Force Awakens. But I was uh, I was bummed and sad that uh, Rose wasn't in it more. But we got Dominic Monaghan's stupid dumb smile that every time you see it, it's like, oh yeah, marry a Doc Brandybuck from <laughs> Lord of the Rings. That was kind of weird that they brought him in. I, I mean, it's it's yeah. it's really like why? You know, hey, I'm 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 a friend of Simon Pegg. I'm here. You know, <laughs> it's just like where, yeah. where where did you come from? You know, it's like I why, was wildly available. Why are you even there? And I, exactly, you know, exactly. Like you you should yeah. have given Rose all of those lines, except Absolutely. for the one when he says, "What about holdo maneuver?" And I was like, "What a holdo maneuver, dude? That's stupid." Yeah. Like it's, that's not a maneuver. It's suicide. Like just, just go, go yeah, back to, go back to the borders of Buckland or wherever the heck you're from. So, <laughs> um, but like, I guess in general, like, oh, do you think that this, and I'll ask you guys this, um, do you think that these films would have tied together a lot better if they filmed them all at once? a la Lord of the Rings. Ah, that's a good question. Um, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, because you would have had one director. Right. And one yeah. storyline, yeah. one vision. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the Reen Johnson step wouldn't have happened. Um, well, uh, the now, way that it did, out. right? I mean, time I, if, out, time out, because I've I've heard this this whole thing of like, oh, who was who was the screenwriter on this before? He's like credited still, but he he, he oh, basically I, did a first rep. Wasn't it Trevorrow or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Um, well, Chris Terrio retained story credit, but it was Colin Trevorrow. Okay, yeah, Trevorrow. Okay, so the whole the whole thing I've read about that was like, oh, well, he, you know, they killed Snoke in 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 a uh, Last Jedi, and that he had plans, and he was going to do this and that and the other, and it was totally. Everyone acts like this whole thing is like, oh, Rian Johnson went completely rogue, like. Are you serious? You think you think Kathleen Kennedy didn't sign off on all of that stuff? You think? Like, Bob Iger didn't sign off on all of that. Like, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, I didn't have any idea he was going to do all that. Well, I no, I wasn't saying he went rogue. I was just saying I was agreeing with you that it probably would have been one director then. Well, yeah, but you what, what I'm I mean? saying is like, it, it seems like there's this sentiment that I've I've read in several different 
I mean, and maybe maybe I'm spending too much time on Reddit, which is definitely a possibility. <laughs> oh, that's but it that's, seems like there's this toxic Reddit. Yeah, I know. I've I've. It's like oh, I just can't give it up though. Um, but it's it seems like there's this sentiment out there with the anonymous trolls on the internet of like, oh, he just kind of went completely crazy. It's like no, that no. someone signed off on this, you know. And this whole idea of like, oh well, you know, JJ's undoing all that, like. I mean, everyone seems so to forget after everyone seems to forget after episode seven. J.J. Abrams himself said, "I've seen what Reen Johnson is going to work on, and I really like it." So I mean, yeah, he he was on board with it. The, the whole idea that it's like, you know, this undoing of it, I think, is just I, I don't know. I think it's the media just trying to make a story yeah. where. And honestly, one. the other part of it is, I think, I think yes, it would have probably been smoother over all three. However, you who's the director? Is it J.J.? Is it Reen Johnson? Is it someone else? Because I think that matters. Because you hand, uh, what, Tommy Wiseau, the dude who did The Room, you hand him a trilogy, and it's going to suck. I mean, it's yes, it's consistent. It sucks across all three movies. Mm-hmm. You hand J.J. a movie, uh, a trilogy, and you're going to get all three movies, and they're all going to be J.J. movies. Right. If, mm-hmm. you, if you gave George Lucas the original trilogy and said, you're going to direct every single one of them, guess what? You don't get Empire Strikes Back. No, that movie would to- be totally different. You get Attack of the George Clones. Lucas. Yes, exactly. You get you get some of those. You get some of the prequel movies where George Lucas, and that's and that's nothing. I mean, I enjoyed episodes two and three. I I despise episode one, uh, but the Todd's but not up for get, a trade blockade at midnight. So no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't get like the 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 Star Wars movie that everyone holds up as like this was you know, L.A. to beyond sci-fi and all this and it was good cinema well that's the one that you know george actually kind of was not as involved in Mm. go figure i mean i I think there's valid i think there's value in having a different voice in different movies i i totally agree with you the only concern i have is that with disney owning this you're you're filming by executive board rather than Mm. by like the two or three people that got together and established a vision for it. Like Lucas had his team, his small team, and they said, this is how this trilogy is going to go. Start to finish. This is generally how this is going to go. Stay within these patterns. Stay within these lines. I felt like this last trilogy from Force Awakens to Rise of Skywalker, and case in point with The Last Jedi, you didn't know where the story was going. I mean, we're only getting introduced to Palpatine now in The Rise of Skywalker. We should have had mm-hmm. some hint of it, at least in The Last Jedi. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, just yeah. some sense of it, because it would have tied it so much... It would have tied it together so much better. Um, because yeah. in uh, the original trilogy, you have your bad guy, the Empire. How do you defeat the Empire? Mm-hmm. You go through and you do the whole thing. The Emperor. The Emperor is mentioned throughout the entire thing. That's your bad guy. Darth Vader's your was bad guy. Was he mentioned guy. in episode four? I don't uh, remember him he was. In only only so. in speaking yeah. with um, Grand Moth Parkin. The Emperor has now devolved, dissolved the council permanently. The right, regional right. governors okay. shall have anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. And then dude, with, you, I love that you can quote that. Oh, dude. I, I used <laughs> and to quote quote it in the right accent to boot. Yeah, exactly. yeah right? right? <laughs> I love that's it. A, that's a Queen's English right there. That's right. Um, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> had lots of practice and even like <laughs> even like the, the the prequel trilogy you know take it or leave parts of it for what you love or not that had that had an arc to it a very clear mm-hmm. smooth 
nice arc to it. Whereas this, this, um, I guess I don't want new trilogy, I guess it just didn't have that. It didn't have that smoothness, that flow from mm. episode to episode. And I know like Carrie Fisher's passing totally threw a wrench into a lot of those plans because if mm. they, if that, hadn't have happened this would have been a very different movie or if that had happened before the last jedi this would have been a totally different movie yeah well okay so can i can i go out of order here because i feel like i i've got something that that kind of goes in with this i'm i'm, I'm asking that and then i'm just going uh sorry but my my honestly my biggest problem with this movie and let me just first say out front I don't think this movie's sins are any worse than any other of the Star Wars movies' sins because they all have their own inconsistencies and, yeah. and little things you can I, pick up. I, I would agree with that, totally. Mm-hmm. However, my biggest problem with this movie is, and there is there is this conspiracy that I've seen, uh, not conspiracy, but a uh, on Reddit, there's someone who leaked a whole bunch of stuff, but they're an anonymous person on the internet who's saying, like, I know someone who knows JJ, and this is what happened, and blah, 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 and Disney was, was interfering in all this, and we... You know, we need the JJ cut. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Thank you, anonymous person on the internet who's just making stuff up. You know, uh, but my biggest problem with this movie is I feel like JJ chickened out. I think he had a chance to, to ins- he could have made a good sequel to Last Jedi, and instead he basically sent out one big apology, trying to kind of like, oh wait, um, you didn't you didn't like any of that other stuff. Hey, here's some stuff that you like. I think that he, by bringing Palpatine in, I. That was I. I didn't like that. I would have rather have seen Kylo Ren become the big bad. Like here, you've spent the last two movies investing in this character, and he takes out his mentor. Give me Kylo Ren as the big bad. Mm-hmm. Give me him as the big bad guy, and then have him turn and have it be meaningful. Mm. I, I I I don't like the fact that now we're going to bring back, you know, the Emperor because number one, first of all. Now we negate Vader's sac- sacrifice at the end of Return of the Jedi. You don't let um, you don't let Kylo Ren become completely evil because he's still like this conflicted dude. No, give me Vader evil. Mm-hmm. Give me Vader evil, who then has to be like brought around. Yeah, you know, don't show me all this. Oh my gosh, I I, I don't know. <laughs> like, don't give me emo Vader. Give me like full on like evil dude. Let him be the bad guy. You know, what I mean, he actually has done more than Vader did. He killed his dad. Yeah, Vader didn't do that. He almost killed his mom. You know, I mean, and then he's also been party to you know a couple billion deaths through the you know Star Killer base and all that. You know, little things, little right. things. But they never let him become the big badass that he could be. Right. Right. That that I felt was like the biggest problem with the movie is that you oh no well we got to bring in Palpatine. Why? You've got your bad guy right there. And you've got Adam Driver, who is an actor who can pull that off. Mm. Yeah. And they didn't. Yep. That, that, to me, was the biggest problem I had with the movie. I wanted to see Kylo Ren exceed Vader. And they never let him do it. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't trust developing a new villain, basically, is, is kind of what you're saying. Right? In a way, yeah. yeah. And, it, and the thing is, like, you've, you've led me right up there. You've led me right up to it. And you and you gave in Last Jedi, you gave me the whole, you know, Ray and Kylo conflict. Give me the next step. Yeah. Don't give me like, oh, by the way, Kylo is still he's he's a tortured soul. No. Yeah. We already did two movies with this. Well, and, and you know, James, what you just, you know, said prior to this, which I think 
is a good articulation of what's been gnawing at me a little bit about it, which is, th- and not just with this movie, but throughout the trilogy, is th- they were bringing these other characters in, like General Hux and Captain mm. Phasma. And mm. what you said makes really kind of articulates that, which is there was an unevenness or a lack of a flow across the three of them that kind of translated into those characters not really being fulfilled or, or fulfilling their purpose, I think, as they were intended to. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like, Hux in Episode 7 is, I wasn't scared, but I'm thinking to kids, kind of came off as a scary dude in a way. You know, mm. he, he was kind of positioned as an equal to, to Ren. Sociopathic, uh, complete A little psycho. bit of sociopathic. Yeah. And then you get to Last Jedi, and they kind of took him and turned him into this this comic relief. And then they continued to carry that into nine, <laughs> you know, where it's like, I'm the spy. And he just like turns around and shoots him like, you know, Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones. You know, it's like, boom, you're done. Um, and I'm like, that's it. You know what I mean? That's all that character was really for. That seems kind of weird, you know, mm, and, and the yeah. same thing with Phasma. I thought they had more in mind for that character and, and it just never really materialized. It was just, you know, she had a beef with Finn and that was kind of it, you know, yep. and. So I think well, ever, way, I think you're onto something with that because I, I I do feel like there there was that kind of lack of rhythm across the three um, that that maybe I mean that definitely existed in the original trilogy. Yeah, it's just kind of up and up and down, you know. It's like ah, give me just give me a little bit of more consistency here, and you know I, I totally agree with you, Todd. You know you do not want the same director necessarily for all three because if they don't have the right vision or if they're not what you want them to be, then you are just sol. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, yep, mm-hmm. turned out great, and it holds up today oh, yeah. as one of the best best viewed ever. But I, I just, I just wish that there was more thought put into overarching storylines because I fear that Disney is just way too corporate, trying to please so many masters as far as shareholders yeah. and making money and so on. You know what I mean? Like that, that just I don't know. We tend to hear too much of the name Kathleen Kennedy when it comes to Star Wars, and I don't think we we need to be hearing that so no, much, right? Exactly, we don't, and like I don't necessarily put any or all the, and all or any of the blame on her. Like she's just she's the head person in charge, so she has to right. take responsibility right. for everything. Like that's who that's who you are as as a leader and uh, the head person in charge. So like everything's gonna fall on her, whether it's her fault or not. Right. Um, right. I just want to see. When she does say silly things like, oh, we just don't have any, we have no content to pull from for new material. I was like, you retconned these 75 to 100 novels that have been written since the late 80s until yeah. four years well, ago. Well, note the tense. We have. We had. Exactly, but... yeah. We had. Not, not have. You had. But they have pulled yeah. some stuff out. Like, would you mention Grand Admiral Thrawn earlier? Like, he is an established character canon character like he is in star wars rebels the animated series and if the rumor mill is correct they're going to be working on a second or a next season i don't know season four maybe of of uh rebels that's going to be coming out next year or later this year maybe december 2020 so we're going to see more of our boy thrawn and again i'm glad he's not in the movie because then you don't have to kill him off he could live on forever in the animated series on these alternate arc story you know storylines that are elsewhere i mean i i think if they're looking to do other trilogies and and 
I forget what what prior episode Todd you and I talked about this, but but we were discussing something about with Star Wars and kind of moving away from the whole like Skywalker, you know, kind yeah. of arc. And this whole thing with Thrawn, I mean, if they ever want to do another trilogy, I think they they could have a really compelling one. Albeit they'll have to plug in some different characters, you know, for as far as uh, you know Luke and Leia and a few of them. But mm. I I think they could have a very compelling trilogy if they were to go about you know, producing those into movies. But yeah, but as you said, you know, James, with 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 the way Disney is and how corporate it is, you just don't know how much of that is going to interfere with with kind of getting to see that kind of stuff. Right. Right. And the way that the storyline has been written, um, it'd be very difficult to have like the heir to the uh, heir to the Empire trilogy brought to live action. I would love to see it still, but it would have to have taken taken place probably 10 maybe like five between five and 10 years before the events of the force awakens. Right. Cause they would have to have like addressed it, resolved it, cleaned it up prior yep. to the first order making its reappearance and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Now the one thing I will say is because addressing the corporate, cause that the corporate aspect of it, because that was something that was in this Reddit thing and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes just for giggles because honestly I think it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, in many ways and I'm sure there's some truth to it there's like some kernel of truth deep down in there but in terms of like the corporate aspect of it yeah maybe you know maybe their their hands are in stuff but this is also where you got Rogue One and this is also where you get the Mandalorian Mm -hmm. so I don't know how like you can just go well them being owned by Disney is bad I, that's where I question some of the, the, the interference rumors, and I'm doing my little air quotes here, because, dude, they pretty much let John Favreau do whatever he wanted with The Mandalorian. I mean, that is so his show through and through. And, yeah, hey, you made you made Iron Man. You made Iron Man 2. Okay, yeah, that's maybe that's enough. But J.J. Abrams, um, he's got a pretty good resume, too. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and to say, like, oh, they're going to mess with his movie, like... That dude has got some clout, you know. They're 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 gonna mess with him, and and that you know, and not mess with like, I don't know. Some of that just makes me question like whether we as fans try to find scapegoats. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Because I I feel like I I feel like Rian Johnson made a good sequel to The Force Awakens. I feel like he took the characters from here to there. He moved the story forward. He he added new dimensions to it. He he. He he took you in a in a direction. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like J.J. Abrams made a bad sequel to The Last Jedi. I think he made a, a decent movie. I think it, I, I, it was enjoyable, and I enjoyed it. And as a whole, as a, as a whole trilogy, okay, it works because I can see all three movies in their in their places. I don't think it's a really great trilogy. I don't think it's a really great sequel to The Last Jedi. Because I do, I mm-hmm. think he chickened out, mm-hmm. and I think he and he dropped a lot of things, and he, I think he tried to twist it into a different direction. And it's like that's not your job when you're making a sequel. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you're the producer and you are like the anointed one to watch over this whole thing, like you knew what was going on, and it, your job is to make a good sequel to this movie, not like the mythical second movie that you would have made. Well, and, and, and to your point, I mean, and, and what James was saying earlier, I think if you talk about flow and rhythm, then what you were asking for, having Kylo Ren be the bad guy, 
and and materialize into that villain and not have that turning point would be consistent with the flow of the prior two movies. Mm. I think so. You know what I mean? And yeah. and honestly, there wasn't, an, and I don't think this is the the main reason they brought Palpatine back, but but. I felt like there had to be that explanation for Snoke, which happened in like the first five minutes. And I can accept it, but I also don't think it was really necessary. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a problem with taking someone who was meant to be or thought to be the main villain and having, you know, a character like Ren, who's kind of coming up, you know, in his own right, take him out. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. seems very consistent with, with the way the Sith are, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the rule yeah. of two, right. And, and usually the apprentice takes out the master. So, so with Snoke, you, you go either, you know, I'll go back to the Belichick thing. You go one of two ways. You either don't talk about him in nine or you, you know, you, you go the way everyone I think wanted it to go or was expecting it to. And it's, and he's Darth Plagueis, right? I mean, that, that's right. where everyone thought this was going. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, I don't think that would have been much of a payoff either, because that's that was the obvious play. You know, I mean, it just it, it really wouldn't have been anything to me that was interesting, because then you're like, well, that didn't really work out well for him, did it? So, you <laughs> well, know. if you take Palpatine at his word, he is Darth Plagueis. I mean, there he is he's all the well. Sith. That's yeah, you're you're right, you're right. He, he you get it, he's you get it both ways. It. Yeah, yeah. But and and that was something I kind of left out of the of our our section on liking. Um, and, and we didn't really get to talk about it, like what we liked, but yeah. So what what are your what are your points against? Because I I totally monopolize that. No, no, that's uh, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just touch on this real quick. I I did appreciate them at least kind of bringing in this idea of of this kind of you know covert sort of Sith. Uh, I don't know what to call it, collective <laughs> that that existed where these, you know, yeah. this this whole like th- this whole like chamber or this whole like. Uh, amphitheater that was like filled with these um and i read about this after the fact that, that in and i think some of the, the uh, sith acolytes know, yeah the sith acolytes or they're called the sith eternal or something like that yeah, that, that yeah. there are these dedicated you know kind of members who who facilitated all of this or something like that i thought that was kind hmm. of an interesting effect that they brought in um i just wish as we had talked about it had been expounded upon a little bit more and not just so yeah. thrown in our faces um yeah. so quickly you know i mean it just it just kind of happened you know and and you just kind of process it and run with it because it's it it's part of where the story is going but i think it could have been done a, a, a more of a service if it had just been given a little more time to develop yeah i think yeah. well you when you mentioned the um I'll, I'll quickly add in because I read all the books as they come out, as many of them and as many times as I can. But the Chuck Wendig, um, Chuck Wendig's Aftermath novel series is a trilogy. Um, it's Star Wars Aftermath, Life, Death, yeah. and Empire's End. Um, throughout, it's like a series of stories that all sort of culminate together in the end. But there are still some stories separately told in this book that just they kind of they have their plot and it just kind of ends. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it ends inconclusively. And one of them are these Sith acolytes who like believe Darth Vader's still alive and mm. they're hounding after all of this like, oh, I found Darth Vader's lightsaber or here's a Sith artifact. We're going to hold on to this. And I wonder how that would how that ties into these, you know, the Sith Eternal that we see yeah. in The Rise of Skywalker. I, I don't typically buy the novelization of the movies because usually there's enough that I read with the other books that fill in the blanks that I want, but I will definitely be buying the novelization for this one because I want to know what's more about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that is one of the things also that kind of bugged me was there's too much like extra material stuff that to me was integral to the story that I felt really should have been in the movie. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I mean, I appreciate in like some of the Marvel movies where they'll they'll have a little hint at like, oh yeah, if you read the the comics, then you'll get that joke or whatever. But it's like that's a little side note. This is this is some some, some stuff that was pretty important to the movie. That I was like, what's a dyad in the force? Like, it, it's just thrown right. in there. Like, oh yeah, you'll get this. Like, no, we've never mentioned this in eight other movies. What the crap is this? Right. Like, how you special know? is this? Like, is this a thing? Like, is it not yeah. a thing? Like, how do we know that? And unless you go, you know, read the visual dictionary and read the novelization and all this other stuff, like, how is the lay person going to know? Right. I mean, does it doesn't play a I mean, it does play a role in the in the books. It's a huge but... role. It's how the emperor like gets all his power back and becomes like someone who can actually take on these two. Like that, it was it was a, a major point in that climactic battle. No, it know? was, and and him saying the dyad is uh, is what is his sort of way to explain it enough for the lay person to kind of understand what it is. But again, is this a rare thing? Like, is it something common? Yeah. 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 I just felt like that I, I would have rather and the other thing is for for a movie I felt there was too much telling and not showing like at the very beginning the dead speak like you know what I want to hear the message I know right I mean seriously like wh- why don't we get to hear that message and then when you get to the end of the movie there was a couple of other points in there too where I'm like why are we why are you telling me this couldn't you show me this like this isn't the radio where this is motion pictures Please show me. That's what I'm here for. That's why I'm watching on IMAX. That's why I paid the extra money. But even at the end, when Ray's hearing all the voices, which was cool, it was, don't get me wrong, I still think it's cool. I want to see him. You gave me young Luke and Leia. You gave me all like mm-hmm. these billions of like Sith acolytes and all that hanging out in their stadium seating and, and the luxury boxes and all that stuff. Show me Mace. Yep. Show me, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, show me all of these Jedis. Like, I want Rey... I, I mean, if you want to hear them, okay, cool. Then when Rey stands up, I better see the Jedi class picture behind them. So I want to see all of them standing behind her. So if I can, uh, that if I can kind of share um, one of the rumors that this J.J. cut has, or at least mm, this was mm-hmm. the original plan that he wanted, but it got shot down by Disney, was that... And they filmed it, I believe, because they had them all on set for like a day to do this. They had Samuel L. Jackson, Liam Neeson, Hayden Christensen, like all those guys in there to film that. But um, how do you not? I mean, it's, I mean, but it was also I, it was more than just them too. It was the voice actress for Ahsoka Tano from the mm-hmm. Clone Wars and Rebels, also Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. Like, you would have to commit to representing those characters live action. And okay. that hasn't been done yet, so I don't know. Like, how do you, you just can't throw in somebody for it because they may want to save that to do their own live action spinoff where they want to vet this character a lot more. And they have, yeah. but and probably, you know, it's just just a thought. But has there been any con- confirmation of that? I mean, has, I mean, no, has, no. Has and, Sam Jackson said anything. I'm just curious. Well, this it this is if you if you believe you know the Rev- Reddit storm that's out there, but yeah, um, I mean, I. Oh, a, so you've read the Reddit storm. Uh, I'm dude, not the only one uh, getting no. getting in, down in the mire. Dude, the the dude, the river can be treacherous. You just gotta navigate it hard and fast, <laughs> straight into the wave. You know? There we go. There we go. Nice. But I don't but, know. But, I would. But, but I would. What would, you I would have, have them, loved to have seen that. But what would you have them do? I mean, the the, well, the, the one thing I nothing. Can... They don't have to do anything. They just stand there. And even if they all just like lit up their lightsabers at the same time she did, I would have been like. 
Oh. I would have passed out. I would have been done. You would have had to wake me up at the end. There's the credits are rolling. Nah, nah. You, been, you know, you know how you do it. So at that very last moment, they say, "Stand up, do this. You are the force. We are with you." It's the vision of her with her eyes closed, or she's staring in so intently at the emperor, mm-hmm. and you see the force ghost like kind of walk up one by one behind her and kind of disappear like into yeah. her. Yeah. You know what I mean? How That's cool. what I was thinking too. Like oh. like so, like something where they would rush kind of into her and it would translate into what we saw happen where she kind of pushed it all back on him and, and exactly and not necessarily like run into her like in a rush or whatever but just right, like, right. walk into her very yeah. like prayerfully or religiously or something like that you know what i mean like we're here yeah. we're together we're with you i'll do you one better y'all y'all watch doctor who at uh, all sorry i don't Am I, I, okay. I don't either so <laughs> There was a weirdo. Matt Smith in. I know. Oh, weirdo, weirdo now. Seriously, we're talking nerd. about Star Wars for like an what, hour, what and you're nerd. gonna talk. Call me, call me a nerd now. Okay, we're fine. Okay, boomer. All right, go. Oh my gosh! You know what? Get 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 the Brits from Scruffy Podcasters on here right now to back me up on this. But when Matt Smith was, uh, so the Doctor in Doctor Who regenerates, and so they'll have a new actor introduced as the doctor and they're always playing the doctor but it's their doctor and so the first episode with matt smith he's facing of course like this planetary you know aliens going to kill come and destroy the earth and all that and and the doctor is still trying to figure out who he is as this is happening and so he goes this whole scene with like this uh this you know alien in the sky and all this and so what they do is they then show he he goes to this whole speech and then he says you know is there anyone who protects the earth and so they go and they, the, they're projecting these scenes of all the previous doctors. And the doctors go back to like the 1960s hmm. till mm. like the, er, the late 90s and the early 2000s when they revived the series. They show all of them. And then Matt Smith steps through mm-hmm. like the projection. And he's like, I'm the doctor. And it was like this coolest moment. And I'm like, that could be how they do that. Like all of a sudden there's Qui-Gon. Yeah. There's, you know, all these. And then Ray just steps through. Yeah. And that would have been like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> you know? Yep. Oh, but, man. yes, it, it would have been nice to see some of that. Yeah. It w- I mean, in good Lord, like, come on. Like, Disney doesn't have the money. Yeah. Seriously? You know, I mean, and, and like, anyone's going to hold them to, like, some fuzzy image of, like, one of these Jedis that, like, oh, well, we might want to use them later. I, I just find that hard to believe, yeah. really. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking. Maybe I'm underthinking it. Maybe... You know, that is a consideration, but I just want what I want. Hey, you want what Finn, you want? Finn, Finn drove me nuts during this movie. I'm sorry. I just got to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I feel like they just didn't give him enough to do. Like, I felt like they, they kind of elevated his character in this in the in the last Jedi. And then in this movie, it's sort of like, yeah, you just stay where you're at. Mm. And oh, yeah, you're force sensitive. I'd say but, his character eh. got phasma, but he still lived at the end. So it wouldn't really work. Yeah. I said that, so. I think I think everybody had a satisfying kind of arc, except for really, you know, well, Rose. I mean, as satisfying for, well, yeah, good <laughs> lord, Rose just got kicked to the curb. Poor Rose. Oh, good lord, what happened there? Send Dominic um, Monaghan back to the Lost Island. Oh <sighs> Jesus! And that's why he was in it because he's JJ's bud. But uh-huh. every time you see him, that stupid smile. It's like, <laughs> marry a doc, Brandy Buck, <laughs> next to Peregrine Took. We're getting angry, James. I like this. Yeah, right. Oh, man. Embrace your anger. 
Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> One other thing, and, and, and I don't know, this kind of plays into what you were talking about, Todd, and, and, and what we've been discussing, but d- did you guys at all feel like they, they missed the boat on... Toward the end, they, they did the whole thing where Lando shows up with all the ships, and, and that, that was really oh, cool, right? Yeah. That, yeah, was, that, was, that, was, a, that was a tingly moment. I, I've, got a, Absolutely. I've got a problem with that, though. I'm sorry. Well, but... At the end of Last Jedi, there's this implication that there are Force users out there that are not Skywalker and Palpatine, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, from those lines. And I thought where they were going to go is at some point they are going to just kind of have this army of, of these Force users that they were going to kind of use in this final battle, whatever it was going to be. W- was that anything you guys were looking for, given what Last Jedi was, and were you at all disappointed when it didn't really materialize that way? Like no army of Jedi or no army yeah, of... Yeah, or, or, or just that idea that there was... It, they they kind of gave this implication that from all of these you know common areas, this this kind of call from, from the Battle of Crete, as, as Poe put it, right? Mm. That there would be those that would come forth and, and back them and, and fight with them. And I, I kind of felt the implication at the end of Last Jedi was there's going to be some people who can use the force. It's going to come in kind of handy, you know, and mm. it was a little, for me, it, it, that was something. Cause I, I liked, I liked what last Jedi was trying to do. And I, I kind of wanted to see some of those themes brought into that, into this movie, but that was clearly not what was going on. So I just didn't know if, if that was anything you guys were kind of looking for or, or trying to James. Um, <laughs> clearly not Todd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to give our esteemed guest a, ch- a chance at this because I'm esteemed. Yes, you are highly esteemed in the Star Wars community, um, far more than we are. I mean, I mean, I I, I would have loved to. Have se- I would have loved to have seen that. I mean, let's be honest. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been cool. Actually, it, it, it seems it seems like they missed the boat. At least trying to carry that that aspect of Rian Johnson's vision forward. Yeah, yeah, it, it would have been cool if they had done that. Well, and again, that's that's the difficult thing where where you don't have basically one singular vision. You were writing these movies yep. one at a time instead of writing one gigantic movie and breaking it up into three parts. Mm, like, yeah. you know, like give me that again, give me that Lord of the Rings style trilogy and give me the extended director's cut that makes it 4 hours per movie. I don't care like I don't care that I have to sit in a movie theater for three hours. That's fine. If I have to use the bathroom, I'll hold it or just go and do it. And then I'll watch the movie again and make sure I don't. Oh, who are you kidding? You were wearing, you were wearing Depends. For this <laughs> exactly. I went to the hospital and got a catheter installed before I went in there. Oh, man. Oh, there <laughs> like, it is. You like you just you just you want to have that continuity by and I and even though like we joke about it and laugh, you know, the five different endings to, and uh, Return of the King and Lord of the Rings. I love it. I want yeah. it. I like it yeah. gives me a, a nice like conclusion to everything and I want to see that whether it's supposed to be a conclusion or not. I just want to have just give me the content like really flush it out, make it a true epic. Right. And JJ yeah. himself said, you know, he's he's an opener not a closer. He's quoted saying that not not too long ago. Um, like he's great at rebooting stuff like with Star Trek and really like with oh, Star gosh, Wars. Yes. Like if, if, if they had a storyline that was continuous with the force awakens, I think this would have been so much more well, he impactful. Did. Yeah, he did. Honestly, I, 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 I think there is a, I, I see a line from force awakens to the last Jedi 
Yeah. There, there was a line. And 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 even like even in saying going back to the the Luke as a force ghost and oh well he's kind of talking you know he's kind of walking back what he did in Last Jedi no he he's coming from a different perspective yep. and honestly maybe it's just from following Mark Hamill on Twitter and knowing he's kind of sarcastic in real life it's oh, it's his totally miss, his I missed love, opportunities tweet yeah it, it's one of those things where I'm like I just I appreciate the fact that you know when he's like a Jedi's weapon deserves more respect than that almost like. Yeah, I know I tossed it over the ledge. I get it. Do as I you say, know? not as I do. Right. Exactly. Like I I I I think all of that worked. And I think I I was one of the people who I actually really enjoyed like disgruntled Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Because it totally makes sense. Look at what this guy's been through. Are you going to be happy go lucky, you know, Luke Skywalker from like episode 4? After you've just watched all of this stuff happen, no, yeah, no. So well, I, I get it. I think there, I think there was a line, yeah. and for whatever reason, they diverged from that line. Oh, good, I can't maneuver. Stay on target. And the fact is, they couldn't have been that upset with what Rian Johnson did, unless they were like just totally hitting message boards and everything and saying, "We're too close. Stay on target." Oh well, Star Wars fans are pissed. Loosen up. Yeah. Well, no kidding, they're pissed. Mm. You know, I mean, start, there's, there's certain members of Star Wars fandom who've been pissed ever since they, they did anything after, like, episode four. Well, it, it just is. There are, it's true. And also, I mean, people were upset when it was revealed that Darth Vader was Luke's father back when episode um, five came out, Empire yeah. Strikes Back, one of my, I think, could be tied for top favorite of all time. Like, mm-hmm. people people were upset by that. But it was far less, it was far less viral and sensational yeah. as it is now because people only had print and the Johnny Carson show at night to listen <laughs> yeah. to for their for their media. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have this instant gratification of, oh, I wanna I wanna spoil the entire script to Rise of Skywalker. I'm just gonna go surf Reddit a month or a day before <laughs> the uh, movie comes out and just well, actually, spoil did you the read, whole I- thing. Going back to my IMDB fetish, uh, so in Return of the Jedi they actually gave false scripts to certain cast members that they thought were more likely to leak information hmm. and some of that information got out. Oh really? Oh boy. I was like that is awesome like you know what that guy right there he looks like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> give him the given the script where we talk about like the Ewoks are now like Luke's grandfather or something. Like give him the, give him that one. Yeah, I know, right? Oh yeah, oh, John Boyega gosh. accidentally left his script in his hotel room. <sighs> Whoops! God. I mean, whether Whoops. or not, I I doubt that was malicious. What a you know dumb, what that explains what a dumb, that dumb. explains his entire like story arc in there. He's like, you know what, all the cool stuff that we were gonna do with you, no, what, no. So so I, I I do have to say you're just gonna be a complete doofus for this entire movie. You you can ride you can ride the space horses. That's it. That's it. And, That's the coolest thing you're gonna do. And just keep yelling Ray constantly. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I gotta ask, and I ask this completely in a joking manner. But was there a part of you when you saw that scene where Lando shows up with all the ships, where you're half expecting him in in his own way to to beat Captain America and say Avengers assemble in that you know Lando Calrissian kind of way? <laughs> <sighs> that would be funny. Crack a Colt forty five open and hit it, Chewie. <laughs> all right, here we go. Here's the thing about that that oh, I thought man. I just and that bugged me. That scene it bugged me, and it didn't bug me at the moment because you you see it happen, and you're you're caught up in the moment, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of freaking ships. I'm pretty sure I saw you know, 
I'm pretty sure I saw the Galactica back on the back <laughs> and, yeah. and maybe the Enterprise C over here. Yeah. And then the Enterprise D was way in the background. And I might have seen even the Discovery over there. there I'm go. not sure. But in retrospect, that bugged me because, again, you almost saw that exact scene in Endgame, the whole on your left. Oh, and yeah. It had so much more impact yep. and it had so much more emotion to it. I don't feel like they earned that. They did not earn the emotional impact. It was an emotional impact because you're like, oh my gosh, I love Lando yeah. and Chewie. And yeah. oh, and the Phantom the from Star Wars Rebels was there too. Sweet. Anyways. Really? Yeah. They were, oh. You were on the right nice. in the photo. But I, I, I was like, I, I just didn't feel like they earned it. And the thing that yes. really got me was like, okay, so all of a sudden Lando goes out and sends out a transmission and everyone in the galaxy comes Leia sends out a transmission and nobody comes because it's Lando and apparently everything he says is a come on and people just go for it. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but where's Lando been hanging out on the on the desert planet going to their Burning Man every year every forty two years? I mean, sure, who cares? Sure. Hell, he's probably running Burning Man for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Who we get? Yeah. <laughs> he's making money off of this. And and it would it would it have killed them when 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 they when they swoops past Poe and he's like you know not this ship <laughs> swoops back and then John Boyega and and what's her face Jana jump on top of the Millennium Falcon mm. they power up would it have killed them to be like a works every time <laughs> would it have killed them would it have killed them throw me a bone that's Come right on. that's right I mean plus the fact that they got <sighs> into the Millennium Falcon and strapped themselves in. Within the matter of probably one and a half oh, seconds before the no, Falcon no, no, no. like screamed out, there's no out strapping of there. in in the Falcon. Did you ever notice that there's no seatbelts in any of these no. aircraft no. whatsoever, no. and everyone's flipping around and nobody's going anywhere? Well, that, was, that was part of the trouble because everyone was like, "How can they breathe in space?" It's like, dude, they're not in space; they're in the atmosphere of this giant weird planet. But if yeah, they're in the atmosphere still. of this planet, gravity still applies. So Jana and Finn would have been like bounced. Has anyone ever seen the expanse? Like they would have been just like torn, oh. torn to shreds in that hull just by rotating the ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Oh, no. It, it, and well, that's hashtag thing, like, Star I Wars, get... you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I always I always think it's always funny when people are like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense in Star Wars. I'm like, dude, no seatbelts in the Millennium Falcon. Does anything make sense? I mean, it's space magic. Yep. It, that's that's the you can explain everything in Star Wars. It's yeah. space magic, you know, and it's fine. I'm I'm cool with that. I'm good with that. Well, Just, I mean, Han Solo know. does say, "Strap yourselves in. We're about to make the jump to light speed in a new hope." But there's no you don't but ever see any like, yeah, belts yeah. though. Exactly. It's not like in the exp- in Expanse. Um, we're on the Rosinante when they have like seats everywhere around every corner. If you need to emergency strap in because the ship's about to make this jolt or whatever. And nobody wants to die. Yeah. And meanwhile, like the seats on the Millennium Falcon have less like, you know, gripping than like the seats in my car. Yeah. You know, seriously. like my the seats in my car hold me in tighter without a seatbelt <laughs> than the ones in the Millennium Falcon, which like they, they came out of like a 19, you know, 1972 Oldsmobile. They're like, yeah, just put a white seat cover on them. We're good. <laughs> just keep yeah. changing which the actually, seat cover every year. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fine, you know, which I mean, if you believe the, the story with Harrison Ford, where he talked about all the switches didn't have the springs in them. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's <laughs> oh, a true really? story. Yeah. I love that in story. A, in a New Hope. All He had to physically move the switches and they would slowly like fall down again because there's nothing holding them. <laughs> it was so low Because everything budget. was on the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so when Empire Strikes Back came along, they had some more money. They're like, all right, make these actual switches, please. 
<laughs> well, no, that was it. Was it was a uh, it was episode seven where the where the story came came about where the guy who was doing the effects he was in like a checkout line at a grocery store with Harrison Ford, and he mentioned he's like, hey, I'm working on the Millennium Falcon set. And he's like, hey, you know, uh, the switches didn't have the springs in it. You know, uh, he's like, no, don't worry, we'll get this. We get the springs this time. We yep. got the cash. Yep. <laughs> Uh, again, I just watched too many extra features. All right, uh, so I think we've done the worst to death here. The final question of our evening here is, how do you rank this against uh, all the other Star Wars movies? And I will actually, I will actually make this rule just to make it an even number. We will include Rogue One. I'm not going to include Solo because I think that one can kind of exist outside. But Rogue One does kind of fit into the into the overall arc of what we're talking about, even though it is kind of an addendum, mm. if you will. But then right. again, episode one is kind of an addendum because you don't really even need to watch that movie. <laughs> so <laughs> seriously, like there's nothing in that movie that you, doesn't get explained somewhere else. There's people like, uh, no, hey, watch you that. see, you see, you see how Senator Palpatine comes to power. Yeah. And, and, and there's Darth but Maul. But again, it all gets explained later. Uh, yeah, Darth Maul, who's in it for like a minute and a half. Another villain that was tossed in the wastebasket uh, way uh, too early. I don't think so. He comes back in the Clone Wars well, and in Rebels. Well, fair enough. Oh, so the animated shows, yes. Yeah, pretty much. But, uh, all live but, action. But live action. solo. Hey, we see him live action solo. He's alive. Yeah, how for, for how long again? I mean, Did he, he make it in that movie for like spoiler, another minute and a half? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. He finally does die in Rebels at the hands of Obi Wan <laughs> Kenobi again. Ah, uh, yes, again. Yeah. Oh well. But um, dang it! Now I'm not just I'm not going to watch that now. <laughs> but anyway, so good. overall, out of, out of ten movies, where would you rank this one, James? Why don't you go first? I would rank it top. I mean, I'd rank it top six, hmm. five maybe, but six, you know. In that region somewhere, I'm not going to give it a specific number, um, but probably like five or six, something like that. I mean, it's, I think it's middle of the pack. I think the top ones you got is Empire. You get Jedi. I really love Revenge of the Sith. Actually, I love Rogue One. I love Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revenge of the Sith is great. A New Hope, classic, awesome. Yeah, and the other ones are all kind of in a mix. So you know, five or six. You know, I kind of put Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace kind of at the bottom. Last Jedi, probably right above that. So it's in the Ooh. top five, six range. Last Jedi wasn't my favorite, just for a number of a number of reasons. But that's a that's a whole separate separate. <laughs> thing. We we might have to do another podcast on that because that's that's one of my binkies. Yeah, uh, Tim, what do you what do you, where do you put this one overall? Uh, I would go top five as well. I I think for me it, it goes Empire. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of follow a bit of what James, you know, how he ranked it. You know, Empire, Jedi, A New Hope are all, you know, favorites of mine. Rogue One is fantastic. Um, and and I, I would probably put that, you know, probably at five um, in that list. I, I don't think it I don't think this movie goes above those. I think it 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 served its purpose to close the story. Um, mm-hmm. But I think as we talked about, there were some areas that could have made it more, you know, than what it mm-hmm. was. And, and I think you kind of needed that more for it to kind of vault above that. Um, for me though, I, I would put, and this is where I think we should, we should, we, you know, we definitely should do another episode on last Jedi. I, I actually would, would put last Jedi pretty close to it. Cause I, I liked it cause it was so different, mm-hmm. but as we, you know, as we talked about, I think, you know, that lack of rhythm and continuity and flow kind of 
I, I think causes those movies to not quite jive the way um, that they should have and, and would have made them, you know, better. And, and I think, you know, worthy of going, you know, higher than number five. So that that's that's kind of where I would put it. Huh. Fair enough. All right. Well, if I had to put it anywhere, um, I would put it in the in the portion of the list of top ten that made the top five possible. It would probably be no higher than seventh for me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Phantom Menace, of course, is like, well, that'd be like 13th for me if I, if I could. So basically Just, five, six, seven is what it boils down to. Um, J- James is at six, I'm at five, and you're at seven. Yeah, although I'm, I could be talked into eighth. <laughs> because honestly... <laughs> You could be talked down, really. <laughs> yes, I, I could because I, this this from honestly, this from the man who who during one wrestling match review went down three whole stars, I think, in the middle of describing a match. <laughs> you damn right, I did. Um, however, oh, so and, and perhaps this will be will be Star Wars heresy. I I I would be able to put this one at eight and Return of the Jedi at seven. What? Yeah. You just don't like those little Muppets, do you? <laughs> I, have a real, I have a real problem with Ewoks. I don't know. They just freaked me out oh. as a kid. Um, no, it's an it's an old betting grudge I have with Warwick Davis. We, you know, he just he won't pay up. We we uh, no. I just I I if I were to rate him, I'd probably be Empire, New Hope, Rogue One, and Last Jedi four. Ooh, interesting. All right. Yeah, and then I mean, wait, a minute, you said Empire, I, Jedi, New Hope, and what was four? Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, and then and then Last Jedi as five. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. All right, so uh, let's get to our. Well, we've spent uh, many minutes talking about this. Let's get to our last segment here called "And Another Thing." And another thing. Uh, Tim, uh, why don't you share what your another thing is here? Because I think you actually have a. A fairly, a fairly cohesive one. Uh, sure. So over break, uh, we were out in uh, Nahantia, uh spending time with the family, and uh, we took in a show from a. a they're, I, they're billed as a band, um, but uh, when we went, it was it was. I think they have kind of a fluid number of people in the band, um, but it's a couple guys uh, from Laconia who put together this uh, band called Recycled. Recycled, recycled percussion. Recycled, recycled, um, recycled percussion. Uh, they they started in Laconia, New Hampshire. Um, grew their way through. I think they're on America's Got Talent, and then grew their way to having a, a show on Vegas for about ten years, where where they've been performing a while. I guess they've brought everything now back to Laconia, where they're um, starting. Uh, they're kind of creating this brand for doing, I think, charitable work and. Uh, kind of outreach of sorts um, called Chaos and Kindness. And so we took in one of their shows, um, a lot of fun, uh, very entertaining. B- basically, as you can tell from their name, you know, it's it's a percussion-based band where they play basically, you know, kind of garbage cans and pans and pots and things. I, I'm not selling what they do very well, but they're very, very entertaining. <laughs> and, and and they put on a heck of a show. Um, they, they, they did a number of, of different uh, styles of of percussion and, and they're just very very talented um the, the lead guy justin spencer is just uh the speed he plays at is just incredible he did a solo that was just uh, r- really fun to watch and 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 great to take in and then the the flip part of it is this uh this brand that, that i mentioned they called chaos and kindness um 
where they uh, uh, basically um, go out and, you know, they're, they're trying to inspire people to, to be kind, live life to its fullest, um, and, and just, you know, kind of find ways to, to help out and, and to, to be kind of, uh, you know, a, a, a ray of hope, you know, of sorts, a new hope, if you will. A ray of um, hope work that both of those in um you know for for others and stuff so so very cool um the, the show is excellent uh i i had shared with todd a bit um uh over over the vacation uh you know they, they ended their show you know completely kind of kind of giving it up to a guy who had who had had kind of gone through a rough health uh uh issue um in in terms of he, he used to be an entertainer and then uh he he went through some uh, some health issues and never really got to end his career on his terms and so they kind of brought him out and and kind of ended the show with with something for him and it was it was a really neat way to kind of kind of end something with it not being about them but but about someone else and so uh so yeah nice. so that's my end another thing nice cool man well uh, let me let me go and then I'll give our guest the the last one here uh mine is is fairly brief i just read uh i've been into a uh a program of trying to read a lot more over the past couple of years. And one of the books that I just finished uh, is called Neverwhere. It's by Neil uh, Gaiman. And uh, the summary reads thusly from Goodreads. Under the streets of London, there's a place most people could never dream of, a city of, a city of monsters and saints, murderers and angels, knights in armor, and pale girls in black velvet. This is the city of the people who have fallen between the cracks. Uh, it is, it's a great read fun read uh neil gaiman is just he's just so fun to read he is just weird and uh terribly british which i just appreciate british humor uh so much especially in the written word i was a huge douglas adams fan uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy is like one of the things i keep going back to every few years Uh, and he he maintains that same level of humor and, and dry humor that I feel only Brits can really pull off extraordinarily well. Uh, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Go buy it. Get the audio book. Get the uh, get the real book. Get the hardcover. Get the soft cover, and then go get it from your library. Just spend a whole lot of money on this because uh, you know Neil probably needs like a second vacation home or something. It's well worth it though. Um, so let's go on to uh, James. What is your and another thing, sir? Sure. My another thing, uh, and this is a cool segment, one of our co-hosts in the Scruffy Looking Podcaster is Chris Hall. Um, he has his own Etsy page where he does pointism, pointillism uh, drawings, and all of his artwork, 100% of the proceeds this week, are going to um, Red Cross Australia to help support them with all the terrible things that's going on right there with the forest fires and uh, the displacement of all the animals and people and all that stuff like that, all the, all the devastation. So is um, you can find him on Etsy, Black Sheep Rebellion. You search it, all one word. And uh, he's also on our, we're retweeting it on our page, Scruffy Looking Podcasters, my page at Hebert207. And um, yeah, it's just a terrible thing that's going on right now. We know a lot of good Australian friends here from meeting them at Star Wars Celebration and uh, from when I went to uh, New Zealand a few years ago as well. And uh, it's uh, crazy what's going on over there right now. It's so sad. We really feel for them. There's not much we can do half a world away, but you can give money online. So uh, yep. if you want to buy some cool art, really awesome art, we're talking like Mandalorian, Porgs, The Joker, Darth Maul, Wicket, um, bunch of stuff from um oh the 
the the new um oh my god dark crystal series uh dude i'm looking i'm looking at a shop right now this is freaking fantastic yeah it's all hand all hand done stuff um it's just absolutely savage what he does so salacious crumb oh yeah oh my gosh all right we know what todd's getting yeah he he's he's a big fan of all the cute little odd looking aliens so also tree beard in there as well um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be spending a lot of money that my wife is gonna be pissed. <laughs> there at. you go. So that's Black <laughs> Sheep Rebellion on Etsy, nice. and uh, nice. yeah, that's it. Wow, awesome. awesome, very cool. Well, well, James, thank you so much for uh, for joining us and for hanging out with us and bearing with us. Oh, yes, dude, thank you. And, uh, hey, dude, it's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. This was really awesome. I really enjoyed this. I, I've listened to a couple of your episodes, so it's been it's really awesome content you guys put out there. So. Thank Sweet. you. Oh, thank well, the question sure is, did, did you listen to the three-hour ones? or? Uh... Uh, I usually start them. <laughs> I'm on a, you know, you know, it's, a just long, like everybody else. To sleep, so. Yeah, right? Well, I usually save these for uh, long car rides for work because I usually nice. travel for a couple hours at a time. So I usually nice. load up a podcast or two for like the trip down, the trip back. So Very cool. Very cool. And in our case, you can just you can just load one. Like, oh, load one for like four I days. Do. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really want to hear about all that about Battlestar Galactica, but uh, here we are. All right. Well, uh, it, again, make sure you check out uh, this Etsy shop because it is freaking amazing. Make sure you check out Scruffy Looking Podcasters. And uh, as usual, as we bring this to a close, oh my gosh, I almost choked on my own spit. I'm going <laughs> to hand this off to Gross. The- oh, I know. Lord. It's just stream of consciousness at this point. Uh, I've, what I like to do is uh, you, uh, I like to hand this off to Tim and give him the last word for the evening. So, sir, would you please take us home and deliver the benediction? Absolutely. Uh, James, once again, thank you for your time. Really appreciate you being my, on. And, my uh, pleasure, man. And, uh, yeah, no, just overall, it's a new year. Uh, time to reset, recharge. I've been, uh, been, been off for a bit from work. So it's, uh, you know, I think, I think overall, you know, just to – you know, as I mentioned, uh, and as James mentioned too, with helping others out, you know, look for those opportunities to to bring uh, a little bit of hope to to some folks uh, that that might be having a, a harder time than you. And let's kick the new year off and make a 2020 a good one. So, uh, with that being said, uh, don't forget to turn the lights on the way out. I can't take the wrong week. Quit drinking. I beg your pardon. What did you say? Damn! You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Loosen up!